start. Welcome to the Shits and Giggles with HR podcast. We're here with Lisa Hager. Lisa, say hello, please. Good evening. Hello, everybody. And we're also here with Katrina Collier. Hello, Katrina. Hello. Hi, I'm your host, Darren Smith. We'll come back to these lovely ladies in a moment. Our topic for tonight, and I'm going to blame Lisa for this, is what is right about the recruitment industry could be written on a stamp. Katrina, I'm just going to come to you and ask, what's your name in this game? What do you do? Uh so I am best known as the author of the Robot Proof Recruiter, but I have been in the recruitment industry for nearly two decades, and I spend most of my time delivering design thinking workshops to fix candidate experience in recruitment, and I also have a, a coaching and mentoring group. That's probably me in a nutshell. Fabulous. fabulous. Plenty, plenty of experience in the recruitment and talent acquisition space. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, we want to get into that and ask you what's wrong with this industry. Let me just come to Lisa first. Lisa, what do you do? It's a good question. I tell people I knit jelly for a living because when you tell them to work in HR, it switches people <laughs> off quicker than if you're the tax man. So I knit jelly, Darren. <laughs> or otherwise known as the gobshite from HR, Queen of HR on LinkedIn, the opinionated small five foot blonde who has a lot to say about most things. Lovely. And how do you guys know each other? Oh, Katrina's fabulous and I know everybody who's fabulous on LinkedIn. <laughs> Simple. Is it LinkedIn? I don't know how we know each other. That's it hilarious. is, yes. yes. Yeah, I, remember, I remember the day we met Katrina. You mean you, you can't remember that wonderful time? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, thank you, both. Uh, thank you both for joining us for Shits and Giggles HR podcast. Katrine, let's start with you. So the topic mm. is what's wrong with the recruitment industry? What's wrong with it? Oh, I thought it was what's right with it that you could write on the back of a postage stamp. Oh, actually, let's start there then. It's even better. Yeah, right because that, that really, really made me laugh because when Lisa <laughs> sent me that, I just thought, Katrina Collier, that'll fit on the back of a postage stamp. And I thought, you arrogant little so-and-so, which just totally, I was I actually sent Lisa a voice note because I was laughing so hard at my own joke because I just thought it was so funny uh, and so arrogant all rolled into one. Um, but, you know, it, it, the, we have lost the human touch. That's what's wrong with recruitment. Somehow, we've put all the tools and all of the technology and, and even data, everything. We just put everything in the way of human connection because it really is about one human trying to find another human to work with another human. It's as complicated as that. Yep. And we've just, we've just made it so ridiculously complex with all this technology. Hence, the book is called The Robot Proof Recruiter because it's all about let's just clear out the technology that's in the way and use it to create a better human connection. So that's what I think. I'd be interested to hear what Lisa thinks, having been through the recruitment process a few times. Uh, yeah. What can I say is we do have technology, which I get allows companies to be efficient. And I'm using air quotes, even though you can't see me, to be efficient in <laughs> dealing with the thousands of people who may respond to a job advert. Yeah, like the 50. Yeah, right. My biggest bugbear, and there's a few, I'll just list them in no particular order, is one, they use, uh, you know, some kind of ATS system 
which from the HR department's point of view, we talk about inclusion and yet it's the most inclusive inclusion. Um, mm. it, it just doesn't, you know, if you don't write something the right way, it doesn't highlight it, put you to the top of the pile. Um, it's not inclusive as in, you know, people who are neurodiverse, they may not have a three page full of word CV. They might have an infographic CV because it expresses them how they need to be expressed and how they learn and how they need to read things. So it's just not inclusive. And I love the mm. fact that we have automation and yet you go onto LinkedIn right now and on the bottom of nearly every single job advert says, if you haven't heard us back in four days, you haven't made it love. <laughs> Sorry about that. Move on. And yet it's two clicks of a button on an ATS to reject somebody. Uh, and I, mm. and it just blows my brain. It's just lazy recruitment is, is my view. Well, it's, it's not only that as well. It's 86% of applicants, if they're ghosted, so they don't hear back from the recruiter, become down or depressed. Wow. Now, recruiters complain. Like with another human being. It's disgusting. Yeah, well, yeah but it's it's that we, we we're making people down or depressed. Recruiters get ghosted by candidates all the time. And I think, you know what, says you're right, because you've been ghosting people for like two decades. So, yeah, payback's a bitch. However, we don't get, when we're ghosted, it's just annoying. We get irritated. You know, okay, there'll be some recruiters out there who are probably like, well, I lose commission, so I do get a bit upset. It's like, well, yeah, you know, don't bank it until they start. But it's not the same as this poor job seeker who over and over and over is getting ghosted and is feeling down or depressed. And it was actually really interesting writing the second edition to put some new examples in. And I saw a girl had pasted her spreadsheet of her 32 applications as she put this as a post on LinkedIn. And she showed all the times that she was ghosted because to her, just applying for a job and not hearing back was ghosted. And that's really different to what recruiters think as well. So that that's certainly a big problem. And, and Lisa's right. You, you, you are more than capable of using it to send, hopefully, a slightly personalised, helpful rejection notice. And, and Katrina, just on that, the, the difference in the ghosting there, can you just explain mm -hmm. that a bit further? So we as humans sure. think that we've been ghosted, but the recruitment person doesn't. What, what What's happening there? Yeah, so when somebody applies for a job, I don't think a recruiter thinks that if they're not saying to them, no, we've gone ahead with other applicants, I don't think they think, oh, we are ghosting an applicant, whereas the applicant thinks, no, you're ghosting me because I haven't heard back. Even if they've never even had a screening call, they've never even had an interview, they're like, well, you ghosted me, you've not come back to me, which is really interesting. Hmm. So, but it's the, the fact is that, no, not every single company has an applicant tracking system. I mean, in the startup world, they're probably lucky if they're on anything more than an Excel spreadsheet. But in general, people are more than capable of replying and letting somebody know. And, and to be honest, even if they don't have an applicant tracking system, um, Elzette Fury gave me this tip. She's like, change your email signature to a rejection signature that you can just then use and just quick shoot back an email, change the signature, personalise it a bit, shoot it off. Um, but Lisa's right. We're yeah. still basing recruitment as well on somebody's ability to write a CV and yeah. somebody's ability to write a job description. So it's all gone to shit immediately at that point. <laughs> there are no giggles. If you look at the job descriptions that are out there now, they're all cut and pasted by someone else. Oh, um, I need a, um, I don't know, I need a brain surgeon. Well, not maybe a brain surgeon, but you know, um, it's like, oh, let me go find it. Oh, yeah, uh, let's, let's do a cut and paste. 80%, I, I can't remember where I read mm. that recently, but 80% of job 
boards and job adverts are all cut and pasted for the, from whoever else has been doing it at that time on the month before. So there's oh, no thought, surprised. care and attention gone no. into that. Um, it's all so generic. Um, oh. And I say, and it just, you know, comes back to if you're serious about doing something and, you know, people in your business is where you're going to add the most value and the biggest risk and the biggest expense. And yet we seem to be cutting corners and the whole mm. industry as a whole. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I call out the HR industry as a whole, Darren, in many, many ways yeah. uh, for various different things. So I'm not you know, pointing fingers just at recruitment. I, I hold my own to account as well, including myself. Um, but with the recruitment industry, it's not, you know, not really governed. It has a set of um, you know, practices of, of best practice stuff. It's not followed. It's not governed. Um, so there's no kind of accountability on on how they behave. So, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to agree with you there. Because no, actually, so there are two sides here, by the way. So I'm yep. talking very much about in-house recruiters and talent acquisition functions. But of course, there are also when we talk recruitment industry. Broadly, we are also including the staffing or the agency recruiters or executive search. And you're absolutely right. But if I think about in-house for a minute, there is it's extraordinary because I get to advise for some of the HR events that are coming up and they're like, Katrina, what do you think of this? And I'm like, well, where's talent acquisition? What, what, where's recruitment on this? Well, there's like one word, you know, and the whole agenda, but they're not really talking about it. It's not on the HR agenda. It barely gets covered by the likes of CIPD and SHRM. It's just left off. So that's some of the problem. But going back to the job description problem, there has been so much emphasis on tools, technology and data that it's almost like the human beings have forgotten how to have a conversation. So I am forever talking to recruiters about go and conduct a proper intake strategy session with your hiring manager. In my book, it's chapter five, yeah. um, which talks about this so much. But it's like, go and sit down with the hiring manager, get under the skin of the role, get under you know, the future of the role. And you know, these, right now we should be asking questions stolen from Elizabeth Lemke, I hasten to add. Things like, if we go into a downturn, can we keep this person? You know, these kind of really powerful questions. Yeah, yeah. What's the cost to the business every day while this rolls open? Nobody ever asked that question. No, you know, they, they should be absolutely hammering the hiring manager with questions, but creating a partnership. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this. And together we're going to fill the role. And this is how we're going to treat the people coming through the recruitment process. Because if we don't, they're going to get a bad candidate experience. That's going to ruin our brand. We're not going to be able to recruit in the future and on and it goes. But that human stuff. It's like somehow the entire industry has believed that technology can do that. And I'm still going, there are tellers in the bank just for cash transactions. We need humans for careers. Like, give me a break. So, so. Katrina, if I, if I take you back then to the 1980s, sure. the 1990s, did it all work then? Because we didn't have the tech. Oh, we had technology in 1990. <laughs> I, I was working in the bank then. That was technology. Okay, so to be fair, I wasn't in the recruitment industry at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually in the bank and then I was in the motor trade and I came into it in 2003. However, but I was in the it HR was simpler. Obviously was recruiting. It was simpler though, wasn't it? Yes. Don't, don't you think yeah. it was just like, I want to talk to Lisa. There's Lisa. I'll call her. Lisa will answer her phone because it's ringing. It's a very annoying sound. She wants it to shut up. So <laughs> Lisa, yeah, yeah. can you talk? Yeah. 
let's talk about the job. Oh my God, can I have your CV? Yes, great. Or you'd send it in from a newspaper advertisement via post and you would usually hear back when there wasn't the technology. But I think the the big, big game changer, I'm very aware I'm dominating this conversation, by the way, uh, the, the big game changer was the internet because it opened the doors and it shifted the power from the employer to mm-hmm. the employee. And okay. that is also a huge, huge shift. And it's never going to go back. It's, it's never going to get put back in the, like, we can't hide how badly we treat people. It's on the internet. So how much of the problem is the tech part? And obviously, it's people who use the tech. How much of the problem is the tech part? And how much is it something else? I'm going to let Lisa answer that because I'm talking a lot. I'm just listening fascinated because, yeah, I truly believe everything you're just saying, Katrina, and I'm in awe of it. Um, Like you say, technology has its place and we're not saying it doesn't. But that human connection, that human time, I think we're trying to, again, we're trying to do more with less and technology allows us to do that. But when you're building a brand Mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with another human being, like I say, in the 1990s, you know, yes, we used to pick up the phone and have a conversation. Now, we also mm-hmm. get that we've got the complexities now of intergenerational ages um, and abilities and a lot more information about what people need, how they communicate than we've ever done before. And, and that's, a, a, you know, for me, that's a, a huge uh, progressive move forward. But it also means that the technology that we used in the 1990s hasn't really changed much. I mean, regardless of like mm-hmm. you know we talk about recruitment but if you think about powerpoint it's been around for like a, a an age and a half we're still yeah. using it now 20 years later and it's like really um and so we don't know how else to use it we don't know what else to come up with we just want something mm-hmm. a funnel to 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 capture everything um and then a funnel to automate it so we almost haven't got to bother with these little things called oh yeah people mm-hmm. in the middle um yeah. oh, and, and like you say it it's work. one of the biggest risks that you've got in your business no, it doesn't. But it, but again, it was so, you know, intergenerationally. It, it was, if I if I ring my son, yeah. he won't pick up the phone. I have to text him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so oh. there is that complexity of a different generation who don't want to have a phone call. But again, it's about recognising that and then yeah, it, finding the right medium to do that rather than ghosting and ignoring and, and using it to absolutely to not communicate. It's just they communicate a different way. We don't use technology to ignore them. We use it in a different way is my point. Yeah, and I think that the the ability to communicate has become ridiculous. So I'm trying to, I mean, this person's a friend. I'm trying to catch their attention. And I have messaged them on three different platforms and I'm still waiting. And it's just like, what more do you need me to do here? Um, there's an arrogance amongst people about checking their spam or their filtered folder on their corporate email that I just find unbelievable mm-hmm. because – you know, if you if you're ever one of those poor people who your email goes to the spam and people just, you know, I would get so stressed because they don't have their phone numbers on their email signatures. So they then chase you for a reply that you've already sent, but they're refusing to look in the spam. You're then going, how do I get in touch with them? And it's like there's applicants going through that. You know, it's bad enough. I'm a service provider. Fair enough. They want to ignore me, whatever. But the, there are applicants going through that same problem. And there's this arrogance of I, I wish to be communicated in this way. And it's like, well, no, you are the recruiter for the company. You will have every channel of communication open and you'll use it properly. And you'll ask people, how would you like to be communicated with? You know, your hiring manager, what's the best way here? Because I know you're not going to go into the ATS and use it, even though I want you to. What would you prefer? Oh, well, actually, I prefer WhatsApp. Is that okay? 
or I prefer Slack or whatever it is. Um, and that's the whole I mean, actually, point, even, that communication yeah. of saying to people, how do you want to be communicated with rather than yeah. one shoe fits all? And it's the same yeah. approach we've been using for the last 10 years. It's tired. It's over. Yeah. People should expect better. And mm. um, and we should respond to what people need. The market moves, it, no matter what industry you're working at, it, yeah. it continues to move as it should do. Um, and, mm. you know, I just don't think recruitment have moved in with it. Um, actually, yeah. mm. So in some ways they have and in some ways they haven't. So sometimes the technology hasn't <laughs> kept up either. So you've got this situation where the applicant tracking systems haven't kept up with what the modern recruiter might want. So where a modern recruiter probably love to be able to run, I have no idea, by the way, there might be one out there that does this, but run their WhatsApp through the ATS, for example, or their Slack through them, just to make stuff easier. So they are communicating, it's all being captured. So I know there's been that problem as well. You know, people I hear, I mean, the number of complaints about the systems that they have to use, but it doesn't excuse the fact that we constantly forget there's a human being with thoughts, feelings and emotions that's but just that get hurt getting screwed process, over. Which hurt, happen, hurt's a good word. Which should yep. not happen, yeah. And, yeah. and if I'm a hiring manager out there and I'm listening to this podcast and I'm hearing you guys and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't go to work to do a bad job. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm doing it wrong. What am I doing wrong then? What do I need to do right What's causing this? Well, are you so if you're in that hiring seat, mm-hmm. do you really know how to articulate what you're looking for in the role? Are you working closely with your HRBP and your talent acquisition pro, whatever they're called, <laughs> partner? <laughs> They've got so many different names these days. You know, are you giving them a proper intake strategy session? Are you agreeing what the recruitment process is going to be like? Um, are you doing too many interviews? You know, are you doing four, five, six, seven? If you're doing that, your company has a blame culture. So there's a bigger picture at play, you know, a bigger problem at play. You know, yeah. it could be a lot of things. One of the reasons I started doing these design thinking workshops is because they get to the bottom of the problem. Right. Okay. And they get to it quick, they get to it quickly. So I'm not going to sell myself here. I'm just saying the process and the thinking is like brought in from these amazing product designers who've all learnt to cut corners and, and make decisions quicker. That's kind of handy for that situation where you know something's going wrong, but you can't figure out what it is. Um, whereas in the past, of course, it would be months and months of consultancy fees. So there's even different thinking going on in that space to try and get to the bottom of problems, which is quite and interesting. You've done a lot of these workshops, Katrina. Are there three mm-hmm. broad reasons that hit the 80-20 or is it a multiple problem, different problems? Sorry, what's, what do you mean by 80-20? Um, are there three common problems in all these workshops that they all get to the same problem is X and we need to fix that? No. No, okay. No. So, so it always comes, it, yeah, it always comes down to what the problems are in that company and in that specific hiring process or, what you know, whatever problem we're dealing with. However, it does always come back to human collaboration. Um, I think it has got complicated and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better because everyone's adjusting to hybrid working. But uh, collaboration chaos is a huge, huge part of it. Okay, and Lisa, I just want to bring you you in here. If I'm an applicant and I've been using Katrina's uh, term ghosted a lot of times and I can't get through and I'm pulling my hair out and I feel hurt, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Oh, what I would do or what others should do? That might be a well, different question. 
I think they're probably two different things. So let's start with what normal yeah. people should do and then what you would do. Darren, you're just, you're just on a podcast in front of lots of people called me not normal. Oh, nice. Ow. Expect some blowback from that one. Uh, not even from me. Um, so, no, seriously. Um, yeah, like you say, um, genuinely, if it was me, again, I am brave enough and courageous enough to hold people to account. So mm-hmm. on the occasions where it's happened, I go back and I say to people, um, with respect, you haven't responded or X, Y and Z. Uh, can you give me a reason why? And if I get the response from them, I go to, um, you know, there's a, a particularly large HR recruitment agency um, who I just went to the CEO and said, this is my experience from beginning to end. This is your reputation. And I'm very noisy on HR. I either become a, you know, a raving fan or the opposite um how do you want to address this and um oh and lisa's got herself on mute (laughs) right 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 in the middle of it (laughs) so katrina that's really that's okay as there was Sorry, I'm in a very public area and uh, somebody's walking by, so I had to do it on the mute. Oh, so it's the here, it's that's I okay. I thought so. you deliberately done it because you're about to be like, oh, I can't really say that. So I'll just mute myself and pretend <laughs> I said it. <laughs> no, no, not at yeah. all. You can edit that bit out, Darren. Um, <laughs> you know, so, sorry, I was saying, yeah. So from that point of view, I hold people to account. I give people the opportunity to think, okay, they've had enough time to respond. I don't take, I don't accept that, you know, if you haven't heard back in five days, take it, you haven't got it. I go back and say, um, I'm sorry, but that policy is awful. And do you know the impact of people that does that? And do you have an ATS system? And I start to speak to people within the business and ask them some questions. So I get very involved where I feel it's a poor process because I believe in feedback. And it's done in a progressive, you know, respectful way. But I don't think many people you know, feel that they can that give that feedback. Okay, and yeah, mm. so uh, all you can do is trying to make, a, you know, give somebody some feedback and hope that they change. Uh, but for other people, it gets, you know, I've known people like you said, Katrina, that, you know, it really does have a massive impact on their mental health and it yeah. starts to chip away at their confidence. So they start Absolutely. applying for more roles. And when it comes to interviews, they don't pass interviews because their confidence is shredded and mm-hmm. they start going, well, why not me? I, this is my, tw-, you know, and I've spoken to somebody very recently who had applied for over 60 roles. Wow. And by the time we'd got a, com- a conversation going, he said, I, I'm at my wits end. I've got to provide for my family. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And now. I, I I don't even know how to apply because I'm my confidence is just shredded. Wow. Um, and we did some work and we yeah. did some coaching work and three three applications later and a bit of networking he's now got a great role. But this is the impact it has on human beings and we seem to forget yeah. that we seem to forget, forget that it's a, a treat people as you wish to be treated. And mm. if you're not and because always remember especially like in in you know recruitment and HR you know what it's like both sides. Go, you know, if you're sitting, you've just been made redundant, you're sitting on the other side. The amount of people that I hear give feedback about, oh, I've been treated dreadfully. And yet when they were in the role doing exactly the same thing, <laughs> yeah. but even worse. Yeah. And it's yeah. like yeah. Yeah, the shoes on the other foot now. Let, let's remember, yeah. always treat people with respect. If you're really mm. busy, go back and say, I'm really sorry I hadn't come back in last week. I really meant to. It's just been crazy. Um, but here's, here's an outcome. Give somebody yeah. something, even if it's a thanks, no thanks, because, you know, your automation can allow you to do that, even in a very, yeah. um, you know, very 
just everybody gets the same standard one i don't like that but something is better than nothing so when they have Absolutely. that spreadsheet they can then tick it off and say i was unsuccessful okay i'll tick that off it's the not knowing that drives people crazy yeah, yeah. i would agree and with by that by the way um yeah, sorry, I just want to add to that several several things, actually. Um, End-ghosting.com or the Circle Back Initiative are both uh, initiatives that, one, you can go and see those stats I'm talking about, but you can get more information and you can sign up as a company to say we will get back to everybody, hence mm -hmm. like Circle Back. Um, so there are campaigns that you can certainly join as a company to raise your standards. Um, for the recruiters listening, um, Stacey Zapa, who many of you will know her name, she does. She suggests, and I talk about it in my book, the the feedback blitz on a Friday. Just set aside half an hour, even if you have no feedback, to go back to absolutely everybody and say, "Haven't forgotten you. I've got feedback, or I haven't got feedback," and sort of do that blitz. Um, so, but also, if you're not doing any of this and you're not feeling as audacious as Lisa, who's quite prepared to take it up with the companies in question, which is like it, it is a really tough thing to do because most of the time they just don't care. Um, yeah. But there are, they've got rights of reply. You can leave re interview reviews on Glassdoor, on Indeed, on Kanunu. Um, I could go on. There are so many of them. There are so many places you can leave reviews. But people are also talking on sites like uh, Reddit under Recruiting Hell, for example. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. all being said. Um, I, oh God, when I, did the update again of my book it was there were so many fresh examples with what Lisa was saying you know so many recruiters were fired in 2020 and it looks like it's happening all over again but they didn't learn they didn't the empathy and compassion isn't there and it's just yeah. staggering um but people are now writing on LinkedIn you know it's not like it was when I started out in the world of work where you couldn't see all the other jobs out there and it was a world of fear. You didn't leave a job without another one and all this kind of stuff. Now it's like, I don't care. I applied for this job. I went through three interviews. I did a panel. I did this and I've had, I got like a cold knockback or I got no feedback or whatever. And they'll just write it on LinkedIn and tag the company in. Yeah. So it's a different world. Companies need to sit up and pay attention. But fundamentally, humans need to sit up and pay attention. Because we are treating humans really badly. We're treating our peers badly. And Can I just jump in there on one little thing, actually, Katrina, which yes. is, she knows is my absolute, absolute bugbear of the whole thing. That when people are mm. interviewing, I still don't understand. And please, anybody who's smarter than me, which is probably nearly everybody I know, <laughs> come and say to me, explain this to me, why they feel the need to have to go and have three stage interviews four stage interviews five stage interviews i went for an interview uh 12 months ago now and um it was eight stages wow. all together door to door with presentations with workshop with panels and 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 it came to 43 hours worth of my time wow. mm. culture. That, that's why lisa yeah you because don't, i can't you don't make want a to decision. work there they no, can't make a decision because I, I, if I hire Lisa and Lisa's shit, then it's on me. So I'll pass it on yeah. to somebody else. That's yeah, it. Yeah, they I'll, have a blame. You don't want to, it's like the biggest red flag to a job seeker. Literally, if it's more than three interviews, you <laughs> run, run, run. Yeah, but they still do it. And and like you say, yeah. so where the opportunities, I've, I've stayed for the long haul just because I wanted to get to the very end to say, okay. Um, and uh, that one in particular, I felt so 
passionate about wasting my time and actually just wanted to steal my IP of their ideas, I send them an invoice. And I'm just saying it's not right for everybody, but that's what I did. And <laughs> Lisa, can I just, I just want to clarify, as you as you 43 should. hours of what? Presentation, travelling, what else was included in that? No, no, that was just of interviews and, and present. Yeah, so so there was a presentation, there was a half day workshop, there was a panel interview, there was another interview, there was doing something with the team. Uh, yeah, yeah. There so was, this, they called them challenges, but it was it was just putting people through the place. They were presenting you with a problem that they currently had in the business, and I get that. That's like, so okay, can they help us out? That's not a problem. But bearing in mind, I then found out that they had another ten candidates all doing the same thing. They used every single one of them, and they didn't actually fill the job. They just took it as a. Um, they wanted uh, their IP. Yeah, everybody's IP, mm. and we went in. Yeah. We solved all of their problems for free, um, wow. and they cracked on. Yeah, so there are some really oh, yeah, so, ethical so, companies it, out there. Honestly, anybody listening who just literally, if it's more than three or four interviews, like run. Um, and <laughs> actually, there are in, there are companies out there, Skybidding and Gaming is one of them. They are giving out the interview questions ahead of time because they're making it fair for people who perhaps, you know, oh. do have a learning disability or are uh, neurodiverse. Yeah. And by doing that, it means it's not a memory game. Now, I mean, I, I joked with Lisa earlier and just went menopause about something I couldn't remember. Oh, when we were talking about when we were, I don't remember because menopause, like, and I need the questions in advance because otherwise the interview is a memory game. Yeah. Oh, remember a time when you did this and tell us about it. I'm like, be, I could be sitting there for 10 minutes. Whereas if I've got the questions, you can go in prepared with the conversation ready to go and then you expand out on those so I'm loving that that's happening. So it's not yeah, but again, all you've got, bad you've got the there. old co You've got the old cohort saying, well, we can't do that because we like to put, see how people work under pressure, which, again, is just so lame. Well, Isn't again, it? that I mean, goes back lame. to if you're having a proper intake strategy session, if you're developing your talent acquisition team to have those conversations and explain then you you can win the hiring managers over. And if you start going, look, oh, I know Bob over there used to feel the same, but actually he's discovered that he's having better interviews. Why don't you just give it a try? But yeah. they're not taught to influence and to stand up. There's, um, what did I write my LinkedIn article this week? Escalation fear almost. Like that someone will go up. So Darren will escalate it because he doesn't like the fact I pushed back on him. So he escalates it. Then it comes across to my boss and comes down. And there's quite a lot of fear of that. Or there are just yes. people pleasers. Yeah. Um, but it's again, it's all human stuff. We've just got so far away from it. Um, but, you know, it'll keep me busy for years to come. Well, so here, here's the challenge. I'll give Katrina and Lisa a break for a moment. Here's the challenge for anyone listening. If you have done a process like Lisa and it's more than 43 hours, we'd love to know. Let's see if someone got to triple figures. That really would be depressing, but equally quite amazing. All right. Well, I would I would wonder why they put themselves through that epitome of hell. Yes, crumbs. I mean, forty three hours. I um, don't we, think any. Yeah, I think forty three hours. <laughs> Lisa, you crazy woman. I just I just I hung <laughs> in till the end because I thought I have to see how far this goes because it seemed like this endless pit of time. I was like, 
How many more can there be? Oh, there's two more. You got to the two. Oh, there's one more. I, there's one more. And there's a panel. I don't like, tell them you, to If you told me in the beginning, this is going to be like 10, 10 rounds. I'd have probably gone two rounds with Mike Tyson and just cut his short. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'd have gone at that point. No, thanks. But it wasn't even disclosed all up front. They just kept adding and adding and adding. That is just the most enormous crazy. red flag for the company. So, But, you know, it, it, there are so many different things that can be wrong with one company's hiring process and that and again I mean you know, not meaning to plug myself but the the joy of doing these design thinking is because it will f work out which one it is um and that's it's why I love it because it's just it is complex as you've heard just from this conversation it can be so many different things but unfortunately all of them are putting the poor human coming through the process at a disadvantage and giving them a really bad experience it certainly does feel like listening to both of you that this the industry is a meat grinder. It's just churning people through and it's not right. No, not every company is doing that. But unfortunately, there are companies doing that. Yes, it's too many. <laughs> yeah. Too many for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the we, world's we changed. The world has changed so much so fast. And like Lisa was alluding to with the different generations and, you know, the, the boomers are going to retire just from natural progression into retirement and, and we'll see more change happen you know the digital natives are in the workforce now you know so you're going to have gen x and millennial leaders and it's it is going to just change um but it, it's hard you know when you're used to working one way that's all you've had your career and you're in your little bubble it can be quite hard to to realize what you're doing um which is again you know sometimes people just need to get out of their bubbles Sometimes people I'm talking to as well have not applied for a job in five or ten years. So they have no idea what the experience is like now. And it has changed so much in just the last decade. And that's what I say to people. Um, I always say to them, well, tell you what, go out and apply for some jobs and then tell me about your experience and then take mm -hmm. that learning and reapply it. And, the and, fact that and here's some clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's like, up you We're go. We're, <clears throat> we're coming up to the last few minutes of shits and giggles with HR and listening to Lisa's experience. I thought he shits. said we were only here for 20 minutes and we're still talking. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I could go for days without drawing breath. <laughs> listening to Lisa's experience, it was more shits than giggles. Um, 43 hours, well. um, I'm just going to ask you both for a minute of either top tips or advice. We've got HR leaders out there listening to this thinking, I want to do a good job. I care about my brand. I care about my company. I care about people who are coming to me. Lisa, what can they do? Simple, practical advice. Um, yeah, but like I say, it's do the right thing. And everybody knows what the right thing is. So regardless of what you've currently got in place, mm -hmm. ignore it. Don't follow the rules. Do what's right. And they're not always the same thing. But be able to look yourself in the mirror even though you might have, you know, pissed Bob off because you've not done it the way he likes it. The fact <laughs> is that you'll get better candidates, better candidate experience, which will help for your brand. So just it, it, honestly, in one sentence, all I would say is do the right thing. And remember, you're dealing with a human being. And that could be anybody's grand, aunt, daughter, anybody. They're all somebody's family. And that's who you're dealing with. Thank you, Lisa. And Katrina, your passing thoughts? The reason I'm giggling as an Australian, any Australian hearing this is like, do the right thing, put it in the bin. Um, <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Sorry, Lisa, I got the giggles there. Um, parting, for, I mean, it's huge. It, it's huge. I think uh, do the right thing. Be kind. Be human. Remember that we are playing with people's lives. 2023 mm-hmm. is going to be a really interesting year. I mean, the 20s so far have been anything but roaring. Yeah. Um, they've been horrific. And we are already seeing companies, I mean, as I wrote in that post that you saw, you know, there was somebody who sold up, they had the offer, they had the signed offer, they sold up their house, their car, everything to move from South America to the north of Europe, and the offer got rescinded three days before. Recruiters do not work on a role unless the role is going to be kept during a downturn. Hiring managers do not open a role if it's not going to be kept during a downturn. HR, obviously the same thing, right? Stop it. We play with people's lives. Most people are only a couple of paychecks away from being out on the street. We're in a cost of living crisis. Things are getting worse. So be kind, be sensible. Right, really think it through. If you cannot hire, if you cannot keep somebody through a downturn, hire a contractor, hire a freelancer. There's plenty of those. They understand. But just really think about the lives you're playing with. Thank you. That Thank was you, definitely Trina. not a giggle. I just think that wasn't a giggle. That was a very sobering thought, but one we needed to hear. Yeah, because I'm fed yeah. up. I'm just fed up. Let's just stop. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing with me, with the whole technology piece is, you know, I was in the bank when the automatic teller machines were coming in and people were like, your jobs are going to go. There are still cashiers in the bank for a cash transaction, right? We're never going to give our careers to a robot, but we have to make sure that the humans that we're giving our career to understand that they're playing with our life, that it's, you know, it's so incredibly critical. So, rant over, didn't fit on the back of a postage stamp. (laughs) (laughs) that brings our episode which was what is right about the recruitment industry could be written on a stamp (laughs) thank you lisa i also but can i just say one one last parting thought which is there are also i mean i know we've we've talked about the worst case scenarios and all of the bad Mm -hmm. things because we want to highlight it and and bring it up that's how bad it can get and why it's important to get it right but there are a number of recruiters out there who are doing a really, really great job Agreed. in doing it right. And they tend to be the smaller startup, the boutique ones, the very specialist. They, they've got um, yeah, your clients. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so I genuinely want to heartfeltly say thank you to every single one of them. And they know who they are. They know mm-hmm. the impact they make on people's lives. Keep doing yeah. what you're doing. Keep showing up the rest because you may be small, but you are powerful. And you are the way forward. So don't fall foul of thinking because, you know, I'll look at one of my bigger competitors and I should be like them. Hell to the no. You stick doing what you're doing. Do it with integrity. Look yourself in the mirror um, and and your business will thrive from that, from the quality and the respect that you give out versus throwing enough shit at the wall because you've got commission, which too many of them do. That's That's my that's mine. Katrina, do you have a, a last thought based on what no, Lisa just we'll said? Just keep, Lisa and I'll keep one-upping each other for the next <laughs> hour, so no. No, but I think she's absolutely right. We have talked about the worst, and, and there are exceptional recruiters out there on both sides who are doing amazing things. So I just think it's time for us just to remember humanity, like just kind, be kind. 
Okay. All Just right. Well, let's leave it. I put it in the bin, obviously, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> the UK well, version. Of, oh, sorry, Darren. Are we allowed to say a bad word, or shall yes. I get it out? Well, uh, shits okay. and giggles with HR. So, I think we are. So, Katrina, yours is put it in the bin. The English version of that, or should, yeah, is put it in the fuck it bucket. Uh, <laughs> I thought you might like that one. No, I meant actually rubbish <laughs> on the street. Actual. <laughs> Well, closing our podcast of Put It In The Fuck It Bucket, you have been listening to Shits and Gills with HR, with Lisa, thank you very much, and with Katrina. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We hope to be here weekly on our 20-minute podcast that will last probably an hour, and uh, thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Oh, Lisa, that was so funny.